Welcome to a couple of Rad Techs podcasts where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists. Together, we have years of experience, exactly 30 years in the field, and we are here to demystify the science of medical imaging. Radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field, providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. Hello and welcome everyone to our chit chat conversation about self-care and we have a dynamic guest today and we have an awesome topic that we are going to discuss. So first I want to welcome Edwin Palafox to our program. Hello Edwin, how are you? Hey Sean, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing good. We were talking about the beautiful weather that today we are both experiencing. Usually my guests I have cold weather or they have cold weather and I have good weather, they have bad weather. But today we're both enjoying all of this good weather. So I know, is- seriously. And I just got out of the Seattle area, which they got snowed in as well. So just in time. I heard all mm-hmm. about it. My friends were taking pictures. My sister lived in uh, Tacoma, Seattle for like 13 years. So she has a lot of friends that still live there and we all do. And they're like, yeah, we had a good time in the snow. We don't, we don't usually get that kind of snow, so... I am not complaining here in Georgia about this cold weather. <laughs> yeah, like, I hear you. I'm a California guy, so I'm like, get me out of the snow. Let me get, get back to the sun. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, look, let's get into it because my audience loves, we have conversations all the time about health and wellness. Tell everyone who you are, you know, a little bit about your story. It's such a dynamic and awesome story. When I heard it, I was like, mouth just open and I'm just grateful you are here today to talk with us. Can you share with our audience a little bit about what led you to yeah. what you do now? Yeah, no, of course. So my name's Edwin uh, Palafox. I was actually born in Mexico in 94, came to the United States in 98 and just from there, you know, had a very immigrant lifestyle. Health wasn't really a priority for my family. Like my mom had like the holistic, you know, like urban Mexican stuff, remedies. But we never really focused on like what we ate, what we drank. It was, you know, from small, like from when I was a kid, I remember my mom was giving me sodas, maybe at five, six. I was like, no big deal. Yeah, like we were drinking soda like nothing. And, you know, for a long time, I mean, my mom, even to this day, like I tell her, like, I was, I was getting chunky, huh? No. (laughs) She's like, never. She's like, never. And sometimes she'll slip. You know, she's like, oh, when you were a little bit overweight, I was like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but she never really told me, like, you, you, you were unhealthy. I had terrible acne. And from what my family told me, my confidence wasn't the best, you know, growing up. Uh, unfortunately, in 2014, I was already 20 years old. I got into a car accident. I hit a tree at 120 miles an hour. I was, you know, the, the biggest question is like, what, what were you guys drinking? What were you right. guys on? Uh, you know, fortunately for us, we were two college students that were eager to finish a final. That was really the whole thing. We said, we can go. It was a mile downhill, maybe a little bit more than a mile, but we wanted to get sushi. We're like, the finals in 15 minutes, we could go down and up. 
no big deal. We got a fast car. We have a Mercedes. No right, right. Deal, right. All I remember was I, I said hello and I asked him if he was ready. And then I woke up with a shard of glass in my left arm. Didn't really remember what happened. I remember his face. I remember what I asked him. But I kept thinking back and I couldn't remember. So it turns out I lost about seven to 10 years of my memory. Mm. My back was completely destroyed. There was a, you know sciatic nerve damage. Uh, and from what the doctors told me, not that day, but after going into follow-ups and checkups, because I was on a neck brace, I was in bed right. rest. Doctors told me that I probably would never be able to do what I was doing before, which I love, you know, I was finally getting like lifting weights, losing weight, doing my thing. Right. And they told me I wouldn't be able to get, get exercise in. They told me if I ever decided to have kids, I would never, I would never be able to carry them. And mind you, I'm 21. I'm like, at, at the time, a 21 year old doesn't really think about that. Like, Hey, I want right. to have kids. But for right, me, right. that life changing thing made me so to believe that, Hey, I do want to have kids and I do want to carry my kids. And yeah. so that was so, something I didn't really want to hear as an option. And, you know, the only thing they gave me was here's some Oxy, here's some Narcos and Prozac. We're going to, if you feel depressed, we're going to give you an antidepressant. Right. Uh, but if you don't want that, we can inject needles of steroids. I forget the name, but it was a, he showed me the needle. It was like right. about like seven inches or so. And I was like, that's not going in my back. Right. It's <laughs> like, it was like an epidural. It, yeah. I know women know about that. And they're like, no, I was like, I- I'm not doing that. They're like, okay, well we can do a one-time thing. And that is a open back surgery. We would open your chest so we can get into your vertebrates. And that just, that doesn't even make sense. Like, why would you open my chest cavity to get to my back? And then they're like, well, we're also going to turn you around and open the back as well. I'm like, well, I'm not a zipper. I'm not being opened up. Like that's, it's just not happening. Yeah. They told me that that was my only option. My sister actually introduced me to true hydration. And I know everyone's like, well, what do you mean? Everyone, we all drink water, you know? Yeah. Well, before we get on the water, mm-hmm. dog, before we get on the water, because I want to build up to that. I, I definitely yeah. want to build up to that because your story is like, when I heard it, I was like, oh my goodness i you know i've worked in the er my husband works in the er we've mm-hmm. we've worked in trauma centers so we have seen people come in in horrible conditions so you know myself my family we were hit uh we were in a horrible accident in 1985 we should have been dead and our car literally was like a tent mm-hmm. and we got out of it you know so i understand horrible car accidents you know and what that does even if it physically doesn't do anything but for you it's physical you know, and but emotional as well, you know, and there are a lot of factors. I love how you took ownership of your health. And that's what we're talking about today is self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we especially when you're talking about a, a brain traumatic brain injury. That's a whole nother thing. You know, I've worked in brain mm-hmm. research. My personally, I had a traumatic brain injury. It's a freak accident. I, it was actually out in Washington State. I tripped oh, wow. on a broken drainage grate in a parking lot. And fell backwards. And I don't remember anything after falling on my butt. My sister said I fell on my head. I was out. I don't even remember. I think it was in 2012. I really still can't even remember much about 2012, 2013. And it's amazing how when the brain is trying to heal, 
you know, think of how much water our brain is made of. Think of how much water our mm-hmm. body is made up of, but yeah. especially the brain. And when you have traumatic brain injuries, you know, there are certain hormones that are depleted, certain things, you know, you're talking about emotional things that start to come about the traumatic brain injuries. It's oh, yeah. like a whole nother relearning because I, I still can't remember certain things, that, you know, certain parts of my life I don't even remember. You know, I used to stress out about it and be like, I wish I remembered that. But then some stuff I'm like, Ooh. and I'm kind of glad I don't remember certain things. You know, it's like I'm a different, I'm not a different person, but I am a little different than I was. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've slowed down a lot. You know, I don't know if for you, like with your brain injury, certain things I had to relearn, certain things I had to be okay with not being able to do or be, or wanting to do, mm-hmm. you know? So the body, the body is just amazing. And when we talk about hydration, that's been a really big thing for me. I've always been big on drinking water. I mean, I just right. know water is the lifeline to the earth. It's the lifeline to our bodies. We can live longer with no food than we can without water. Yeah. So- you know, it's just really important. But I never understood the types of water because I'll tell you this, growing up in Florida where I grew up, we never drank out. When I got past a certain age, you didn't drink out of the water hose. You didn't drink out of the faucet anymore. Right. Florida water tastes like, it smells like chlorine. <laughs> it smells really bad. I don't know if you've ever been to Florida. Yeah. But yeah, so we didn't drink out of the faucet. You know, so we always had like Crystal Springs, we have bottled water. You know, I didn't know everybody. It, who knew the world would have to buy, buy water now? You know, when I would come right. to Georgia to visit my dad, we drank out of the faucet. You know, mm-hmm. I knew friends that lived where there were wells. They drank out of their well. But growing up in Florida, I rarely remember drinking. I was a little kid when I drank out of the water hose. And that mm-hmm. was very rare. You know, we always boiled our water. It was just something we did, you know, down growing up where I grew up. Uh, we didn't grow up drinking sodas. My grandmother was like, I'm not giving you guys sugar. It's too many of you all, and you would drive me crazy. So I'm not giving you sugar. So our cereal had fruit in it, and we mm-hmm. ate fruit off of trees. We grew up pretty, I would say pretty healthy. We were never sick. Nobody was really overweight growing up in my family. It wasn't until we got older that the gut issues started to come. The skin issues, eczema started to surface. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. the obesity started to come in into the family once people became teenagers and started going to grandma's house a lot less. You know, the parents were working. Everybody got busy. And the lack of drinking water, because we always drank water. I think our only sugary drink was with dinner, and it was a teeny-weeny little cup of Kool-Aid. That's what we got, you know, for dinner. So, you know, it's just interesting, you know, looking at lives back then and lives now. I'm a little bit older than you, not much, but you know, just difference in generation like that. Ten years yeah. can make a big difference in how in how culture. you were raised. Yeah, what well, culture? Well, I'm gonna tell you, uh, Southern Black folks, we we uh, don't usually eat very healthy. My grandmother was not; uh, she was out of her norm. Uh, most of the rest of my friends and stuff, they did not eat like we ate. But yeah. my grandmother grew up differently. She grew up right. more so in a reservation kind of area, so they ate, you know, what they grew. They, you know, it was just a different, she, she just grew up differently than, than a lot of other people. So she took on certain other cultural things from other cultures as well. And she just was a kind of forward thinking lady. I'm grateful that she was because she never cooked her collard greens with ham hocks. She always cooked them with turkey necks. So when I grew up, people said they ate collard greens with with ham hocks. I'm like, what do ham hocks taste like? I never ate ham hocks. You know, I didn't even know what ham hocks were. My grandmother didn't like pork. 
So, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's so funny because we were so different from most people. I never ate chitlins. You know, most Southern folks eat chitlins. I've never eaten them. You know, what's one of your favorite cuisines that maybe isn't so healthy that you grew up culturally with? Oh, you know what? <laughs> there's too many. There was too oh, many. Really? Yeah, there's Mexican food. It's just it can get very unhealthy. It's delicious, but it yeah. can be so fattening. So I love my people, but we, we eat a lot of tortillas. Oh yeah. And like we've done excessive things. So one thing I'm vegan now. And so oh, okay. I, I actually veganize all these like d- dishes. So one of the things is pozole, you know, it used to oh. be like with cow, like beef stew with like right. a very rich with uh, corn and all this good stuff. But I veganized it with jackfruit and I've made a set, you know, I actually have it on my uh, Instagram. I, I did a whole reel on it, but it tastes just as good, but I find it too. I can't say that it's like, completely healthy because right, right. obviously, right. It's just, just a lot of food, but it's still really good. And you don't have to go through, you know, the acid reflux that a lot of people right. go through. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the people that I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, after I feel like eat all this authentic Mexican food, I feel bloated. I feel very yeah. energized. I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you still satisfy. I love that. So that's something I forgot that you were vegan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I started being vegan in 06. How long have you been vegan? A year after my car accident, I went to so, uh, like about five ish years give or wow wow oh my goodness so like when i went vegan we got to tell this story because i want to know when yeah. i went vegan uh coming from a southern african-american family they were like she's lost her mind she has lost her mind <laughs> feeling like a popsicle in the hospital well ditch the hospital chills scrub mates a base layer designed by a healthcare professional understands the struggles of staying warm Keep yourself toasty and your valuables secure with convenient zipper pockets. Support a small female-owned business and try Scrub Mace today. You'll get 15% off your order using my code, RADTEXT, at checkout. Thanks, Scrub Mace, for bringing us this episode of a couple of Rad Text podcasts. Now let's get into the episode. Very accurate. That seems yeah. very accurate with me. <laughs> Even to this day, my family, like, I mean, just now, like, my mom stopped by about a week ago and she's like, you think because you're vegan, you're better than us. <laughs> no, mom, I don't. I just think that what you guys are eating is not so great for your health. And she just Every goes day. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and she just goes on her, her things. Cause like she loves cooking for me. Like that's the one that I was gone for three years out of the Bay yeah. area. So she didn't see me for a while. So now she comes by and she'll veganize everything that she makes just for me. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing my mom is, my mom and I are best friends. And after my car accident, she really believed that she was going to lose me. I mean, yeah. if you hear like, that your son got a, right. you know, in a car accident at 120 miles an hour and they're like, we don't have any information. Just come to the emergency room. Yeah, She's like, yeah, my son's gone. Right. You know? Right. And so me and her just have this relationship to where like, I'm a pain in her butt all the time. <laughs> but the thing is, she understands that I don't remember. And that's kind of the yeah. biggest things. Like my biggest concept during recovery or my very biggest fear during recovery was thinking that my family wouldn't believe me that mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. Because I know a lot yeah. of friends were like, this guy's faking it. Yes. He remembers. I'm like, if you guys would only know, because 
Sean, I spent, I want to say maybe six years, six years, six months of my recovery in bed rest where even to this day, I don't sleep much, but I would have either nightmares of like the whiplash of the car accident, never the car accident, but just the whiplash, like a reoccurring memory. It was a broken record. I would see my friend bleeding out. Mm -hmm. And so I would wake up with survivor guilt, stressed out. And then because I can't go to sleep, then those thoughts would come in the dark thoughts. I can't remember. Why am I alive? Why should I be here? And I really had no answer to anything, you know? And so that was my recovery was saw the light at the end of the tunnel, luckily, but it was very, very dark for a long time. You know, the brain is okay. So, I mean, this falls right into self-care. So I want to get to how you practice self-care because from me with the traumatic brain injury, I had people that were like, she looks fine. Like I didn't look any different mm-hmm. after my accident, but they don't see I have a bald spot in the back of my head because my hair won't grow back from where I hit my head and asphalt was in my head for a year and my body covered over it. I had to go back and get surgery to get the asphalt out and then freeze it. That yeah. was a year of pain that went around because there was a foreign object stuck under my head, under my scalp, you know? I mean, and then my brain is trying to heal. And I literally went grocery shopping one day and I shouldn't have been driving. And my brain, when I got to the grocery store, my brain was so tired after shopping that I could barely drive back home. And I made it to the house, got the groceries, set them in the foyer, and I just passed out across the bed. My husband came home. He's like, why are the groceries at the door? Like, I only had the bottom lock locked. I was like, I don't know. I just was so exhausted. And mm-hmm. all I did was wake up, go grocery shopping, come up. When your brain wants to turn off, it's going to turn off. There's nothing you could do about it. And I could for three months, I didn't remember stuff. Remember people. I had like a five minute memory. If I got mad at you, you best to believe I wouldn't remember what we were arguing about or what we were mad at because it was going to be done in five minutes. But people would look at me and say, they look back at pictures and go, you don't look any differently. But it was like, my life was in slow motion. Like every Mm -hmm. thought was slow motion. Even today, like when you talk about the sleep, Sometimes I sleep really good and then sometimes I don't, especially when the seasons change. I find that I struggle, my body struggles to get into the rhythm of sleeping again. It's like I have to retrain it all over again. Sometimes I could take a lot of noise and sometimes I can't. You know, it it's just interesting. But you know, I've done a lot of self-care personally, you know, of being gracious with myself and saying, it's okay. I don't care if other people think I just don't want to remember them. I know, but my family was humongous in I had these teenage nieces. They used to make it a joke and go, you already told me this story like four times. Don't tell me again. And they would start laughing. You know, we joke about it and laugh about it. But, you know, my family was very understanding and they would either let me just tell the story again or, you know, (laughs) and act like it was their first time hearing it or they would eat at home instead of going out, you know, so Mm -hmm. that way the forks and knives hitting the plate wouldn't drive me insane, you know, or all the talking wouldn't, you know, and that's, that's sacrifices they made or because, I would get irritated really easily. You know, they loved me enough to know this is not normally her. And they would create situations where I could go off to the side or just, and I think back that was 2012, 2013, 2012. And then I was 2021, but I've had to create situations to where I'm kinder to myself. I give myself, it's okay, Sean, if you're, if you can't sleep right now, don't get so mad at yourself that you can't sleep. You'll catch up on the sleep, you you know, maybe drink some more tea, maybe look at a little herbal tea. You know, there are certain things that I like to do. I have a lot of lavender in my house, a lot of chamomile, (laughs) 
you know, and uh, I make sure I hydrate. I make sure I eat healthy, you know, so my body can, when it's ready, do what it needs to do. I take good quality omegas, you know, that are yeah. very good for my brain health. As a vegan, I couldn't take fish-based, so I take plant-based omegas, three, five, six, seven, and 9, which have been amazing to my brain and to the rest of my body. What is something you do for self-care, especially after, you know, what your story? Well, one thing you pointed out that I really, it took me a while, and I think that's the first step for just caring for yourself is accepting where you're at in life. Whether it's in a good place, in a bad place, doesn't matter. Accept it. Uh, and that took me a while. I had incredible people in my life that were just patient with me. Because for me, it wasn't just PTSD. It was PTAD. Uh, and if people don't know that, it's post-traumatic mm -hmm. anger disorder. And mm -hmm. so I'm very impatient. And it doesn't sound mm -hmm. like it. <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm very calm. But for me, when you said you slow down, I sped up. And I sped up to where a lot of the time I'm just on the go. And so now I use the no sleep as even a resource where I'm like, mm -hmm. well, I'm not sleepy. Let's get work done. Yeah. Let's get it going. You know, yeah. but if I, if I can't mentally sleep, but I can't mentally work, let me read a book. Let me listen yeah. to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to learn. And the most of it, I think it's also... I'm trying to catch up on what I miss. Mm. You know, I, I forgot a lot of things, mm. which honestly, I, from what people say, high school didn't, it just doesn't right. sound like I missed much, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. College sounds like I just missed a lot of debt. Like they sent yeah. me a bill and I was like, you guys are funny if you think I'm going to pay this. Right. And then the hospital, you know, they're like, hey, oh. we saved your life. Here's another bill. That's the bill. That is a heavy bill. Yeah. Yeah. And so with all that, I had to accept that this is where I stand now. What am I going to do about it? Because a, and that night that it happened was when I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think some people need to get there. I, I yeah. hope people don't wait for it, but yeah. a lot of us have to, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so my self-care started with going vegan. I realized that Doctors didn't know what they were talking about and not to discredit doctors. Right, I, right. I love doctors and, and everyone has their point of view, but doctors don't know what they don't partner. know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, you know yourself. That's what I tell people, you know, so you have to be, I like how Dr. Sears says to be a partner in your healthcare. He doesn't mm -hmm. like patients. He doesn't want patients. He wants partners in their healthcare. Right. And I think, you know, if more people became partners in their healthcare, you seem like a very aware person and the situation you went through made you probably even more aware of what you were going to do and what you weren't going to do. After being given all these options that you were like, nope, no. Nope. You know how many people say, okay, well, the doctor said they need to go through my chest and through my back. Okay, well, doctor said it. Okay, you, you were like, no. And that's self-care. That mm -hmm. is self-care right there. So, you know, I love it. Work along with doctors because everybody has their place. You know, yes. every medical professional, but it's up to you. It's your body. I, I always tell people I can live or die with the decisions I make about my health. I can't live or die with the decisions that you make for my health. That's something I live by. And I just won't let anybody talk me into something I can't live or die with. Exactly. And, and for me with doctors, just now I'm starting to get back into like Western medicine. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you guys another chance. Cause in clubhouse, I've met so many incredible minds yeah. and some of my doctors and they, they're listening to me as much as I'm listening to them. And so, like you said, that partnership 
of mm-hmm. where, look, when I first became vegan, I went to my doctor. I was like, hey, I read all these uh, things. Here are all these documents that say this is an anti-inflammatory diet full of antioxidants. My brain, my body seems like it needs this. They're like, we have a PhD. Right. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. We're going to actually put your vegan diet as a health risk in your medical record. So if you go really? now to my medical record, there is vegan as a health risk. And I'm sure I can get it removed now, but I just, I leave it there because I want people to realize medicine isn't always up to date. You know, things are always evolving, always there's innovation happening so much that, and I know that doctors don't go through full nutritional you know, a full practice or, or course about it. They only do a few hours. And plus but, the other thing is, you know, for me, like I did the same thing before I went vegan. I did my education, like a year of education. And I just didn't wake up and say, I'm going to be vegan. You know, I, and when I went vegan, there was not all this processed, you know, food beyond meats, you know, all of it. that didn't exist. At, mm-hmm. at least I never saw it in the grocery stores. I'm sure they had like Morningstar. That was pretty much the only thing around at the time, Morningstar. And I didn't like Morningstar. It didn't agree with when I ate it. It didn't taste good. And my body would respond really weird to it. Like I didn't feel good after I ate it. So that's, I go by how my body responds to stuff. Some people can eat raw broccoli. I cannot eat raw broccoli. It totally destroys my gut system when I eat it like it. We don't agree at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat raw broccoli. Now that doesn't say, that doesn't mean raw broccoli is bad. It just right. doesn't work for me. You know, so I tell people, you know, I look at when I became vegan, I did my research like you, went to my doctor and my doctor, you're going to be vitamin deficient. You shouldn't do it. There's no research to back it up. And I'm like, people have been eating plants for a long time. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of animals that eat nothing but plants and they're some of the strongest animals. So, you know, I just told my doctor, unfortunately, I have a good doctor that communicates. He's open how he feels about stuff with me and I'm open with how I feel. And, you know, he allows me to not allows me, but he allows me to. You know, he would never go into my record. I did, I don't know if I like that, but, but uh, yeah, he, um, you know, he speaks very openly with me and I'm very open with him. And we have that kind of dialogue. I, I've been with him since he got out of medical school. My husband okay. goes to him as well. So I, I'm very strict about the doctors I go to. We don't have to agree, but we at least need to listen to each other, you know, and then I can receive what you're saying. You can receive what I'm saying and we can reasonably think about it and see what works best and come to something mm-hmm. that logically makes sense and he still didn't agree with it he said come back every six months for a blood test and i want to show you that your vitamin deficiency is going to be there he became a vegan there we go in a year and i mean now he's like totally on board he's like keep doing what you're doing you proved me totally wrong you know and that's what i say you know everybody you have to listen to yourself you have to listen to your body your body will tell you if it's working for you now i mean i know other people who have been vegans and i'll tell you veganism is a broad word for Mm -hmm. me i'm a more plant-based vegan i don't eat a lot of processed vegan food there are some people that eat french fries and oreos and takis and you know Mm -hmm. a bunch of fried oyster mushrooms and you know that's not that's not the healthiest version you know yeah yeah so you know i I like yeah you could be vegan and still be pretty young there's actually a conversation i had with someone yesterday i was like look when i first when I first moved to Seattle, I gained 35 pounds because I was eating vegan pizza, beyond meat, fries, and vegan ice cream. And all of that's made of plants, but guess what? 
it's not it's all processed plants yeah there's still stuff that your body is not going to be okay with and you're gonna you're gonna see it you know yeah. it, it just vegan doesn't mean you're going to be skinny healthy full of muscles it just means you're not killing Eating. animals yeah, that's it. yeah yeah so you know i love that you talk about you know having that conversation with your doctor taking the power it sounds like your self-care is listening to your body, doing what feels good. So I want to get into this water because when I coach my clients, I discuss hydration with them. That is one of the first things that we cover because I find that most people think they drink enough water. They don't. And some people don't drink water at all in a day. And that is alarming because Mm -hmm. think of your brain, how much water your brain is made of. And if your water, your brain is dehydrated, how can you possibly have good cognitive abilities? How can you make it through mm-hmm. the day, making good decisions, being in a proper mood, how, you know, regulating of certain body functions, you know, all of those things play into it. What have you found is how, what's helped you to drink more water and to be conscious of the water that all, not, that not all water is made equal, equally. Yeah. So I want to add on a third option to what you said, because you said there's people who don't drink water. There's people who drink you know, water, but you know, they don't know how much water it is, but I think there's people who do drink enough water, but it's just not good water. And there's a big difference in that. And that's kind of, kind of the key thing that I found that to the same doctor that told me I was kind of crazy with the vegan diet. (laughs) I went to him and to his colleague, them both together told me the same thing. We have PhDs. You're crazy about this water, go home. But my sister put me onto this water. So back to, you know, what I was saying earlier, I was kind of fed up. My sister had bothered me. And I say bothered me because <laughs> I really did feel bothered because right, right. I was listening to my doctors. They, I trusted my doctors. And so they t- told me, drink your Voss water, you know, drink your, you know, this other spring water, whatever it is. And I didn't feel anything. I was just thinking I'm, that this is water. You know, like everyone, water's just water. Right. My sister told me, like, water's not just water. Drink this water here. That day that I got really sick and tired of it, that's when I was like, okay, what is, I called her up. I'm like, Karen, I'm going to prove to you that this water's just water. But just in case, what do I have to do? And she's like, just drink the water. <laughs> As he's drinking his water out of that pretty blue bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she told me just drink the water. And in a week, I realized my inflammation had gone out, like the pain in my body, like there was the back pains and all that, that had gone down. Then the sleeping actually became something where I was like, wait, last night I had some sleep. I slept four hours. That's actually the most about four or five hours is the most I'll sleep. I was like, I got, I got some sleep. I called her and was like, Karen, I think I'm having placebo effect. She's like, no, it's the water. It's working. You're, you're supposed to. And so, so everyone knows your body can't really lose weight because there's so much acid in fat cells. Right. So if your body can't absorb water, usually can't and detox. Toxins. Yeah, and toxins. And toxins mm-hmm. The body creates fat cells because it's going to protect the organs from toxins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people just think, oh, I'm inflamed or I, I can't seem to lose this weight. Get rid of the toxins then the body will naturally release the fat cells. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that's part of it, you know, and I think we don't talk enough about fat is connected with toxins and the way to get toxins moving out of the body is hydration. 
you know, yeah. water. Because people would do all this dieting, they'll do all of this exercising, but they won't drink water. They won't, you know, remove those toxins. Those toxins just keep circling around in, in your body, in yeah. your bloodstream, and you're you gotta flush the stuff out. So See, tell us, go ahead. That that was me. I was working out after the car accident. I was trying to still do my thing. I wasn't. There were there was nothing going on with my body. But once I started drinking it. That's when I started realizing, okay, sleep, energy, I'm losing weight. And I wasn't working out. I was just walking. I can't really do much. That was my form of working out. So when I say working out, I mean, I was going out for walks in my little cane and my neck. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, get moving. But I wasn't getting anywhere. Once I started, you know, drinking the water, I started realizing all these things. And so I didn't want to take it. I didn't want to take my sister's work for it, to be honest. I was like, okay. There has to be signs to this. There's a machine in my in my mom's kitchen that makes this water. So obviously there's there must have been research. They're talking really high, high about the company. You know, they're medical grade. There's doctors that use this machine in the hospitals. I, I believe it's 250 hospitals use this. You know, so yeah, it's well, let's, by- let's go ahead and just talk about it because you, yeah. you and I were having a conversation and we were talking. We met on Clubhouse, we were talking and talking about water, and I'm like. You were telling me about this water. And I'm like, wait a second. My mom has had a machine that is so old. She's had this machine since I was in the ninth grade. And it is, I call it Keegan water, but it's Kongan water. You see, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I just knew that's the water I've been drinking since I was in the ninth grade. Now I drink other water. Don't get me wrong. I I, I drink essential water. I've always, because my mom has been using this water since I was in the ninth grade, She's always been into good quality alkaline water. Like my dog even drank this water. Like she got the water for my dog. He didn't even drink faucet water. Like she would use the machine, filter the water, but then the dog drank it. We all in the house drank this water. And so I don't know any different, you know, and I literally don't live with my mom now, but for years I've gone and filled my water jugs up and gotten the water from her house because it tastes different. There is just a huge difference. So I don't, you know, I can't say, oh, I, I feel great, you know, because of that, you know, I I live a healthy life. I try to live as healthy as possible, but I am conscious that I do. And I have been drinking Kangen water, you know, Mm -hmm. so tell us some of the benefits of this water, you know, run down some of the benefits, known, known research proven benefits of this. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So when I found, what I found was that Dr. Hiromi Shinya is the, he's actually a pioneer of the colonoscopy. He actually uses this water with his with his patients and so he wrote a whole book about good water bad water and the qualities of good water they have to be a hexagonal shape so enough to where your it can be absorbed by your body it has to be smaller so it's micro clustered it has to have a negative charge okay which a lot of water doesn't because it's in a bottle right it's in plastic and there was just those things that I realized, okay, th- th- maybe he's onto something. He himself and a few other doctors went and found that uh, the people in the Hazuna, the, the Hazuna people in the Himalayan mountains, they go and drink out of this lake, this glacier water. And we actually know, uh, actually in Europe, they drink a lot of glacier water. Right. And so what glacier water contains is all those qualities. Yeah. It's negative charge because it's on the, in the ground, right? Right. Which has minerals. Right. It's small 
because of how much it's charged. And so they're drinking it. And those people are living up to 100, 120 years old. And so what those people were saying, mind you, these are tribal people, right? Very like native to their land. They're just going and saying, well, we drink the water from this miracle glacier. So that's how they call it, right? It's this miracle glacier water that that's where they're getting all this stuff. And so they mimicked that water through this machine. And so what they found is that water can be in different levels of pH. You just have to know how to work it, right? And so, so what's our optimal pH? What's the optimal pH that the normal person should drink? The optimal that you should be drinking is 9.5. Okay. You don't want to go drink too, too much of, I mean, you could take a shot of 11.5 <laughs> and that's to cure any hangover. Trust me. I know. So <laughs> it, it hydrates you. It will hydrate your brain so much faster. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's really based off the scale. So from 2.5 to 14. And so where we're where you want to be at is from neutral, which is seven to 9.5. That's your drinking water. Okay. 9.5 is where you're going to be optimal hydration. The water is going to be the most antioxidants and everything else. We love antioxidants. So yes. let me ask you this. So when we're talking about this water, you know, I, I love self-care and I love talking about water. And this has been a really good conversation. What are, if you can give two takeaways that people could look at, you know, we talked about the optimal pH of water, you know, what real water looks like for our body, you know, glacier mm -hmm. water, how it should look. So your average person may not be able to access the Kangen water machine. You know, my mom, she's the only person in my family that I know that has the machine. Um, and we love it, but she's the only person that I know. I know several other people uh, that have the machine as well. And they've had it probably as long as my mom has had it, <laughs> you know, and they will not I mean, like the thing is not broken down. I mean, I think she had the filters changed and that's about it. And she had maybe a little uh, a screw or something that she had redone or something like that, you know. But other mm -hmm. than that, it's like a workhorse. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference. You know, I do I do know that, you know, I, I drink more water because probably the water that I've been drinking all of my life that I can remember. But for the average person, what is one way? Because I love your bottle that you're drinking out of. I've had a customer and a client, a health coaching client of mine tell me that they were not, most of my clients are not fans of drinking half of their body weight in water in a day. They just don't. And plus the type of water they're drinking. Mm -hmm. Now, I would love for them to look at, you know, purchasing something where they can get good quality water. But one step that one client told me was, he decided that if he was going to spend money on good quality water, he needed a pretty bottle to go with it, you know? And I think that's important, you know, really, I think people sleep on how important water is yeah. to the body, you know, to the brain, to the cellular system. What is one simple thing, whether people have a machine or not, that they can do when it comes to looking at their quality of water, looking at their amount of water, just getting in water that they need for the day? Yeah. So one thing, it really does matter what kind of water you're drinking. Okay. Look, I'm going to do everyone a favor. Stop drinking reverse osmosis water. Just stop it. It is the worst thing you could possibly do, be doing for your health because, okay. And this is not medical advice. This is just what I've found through my research. Reverse osmosis water is dead water. 
what the dead water does, it goes into your body and it takes the minerals from your organs and your bones, and then it takes them out when you urinate. So when you're going to the bathroom after drinking reverse osmosis water, you're actually throwing away whatever nutrients, if you're taking supplements, if you're taking any minerals, you're going to be tossing those away. So, so do what yourself is reverse osmosis water? Like it, for the it, person that doesn't know what that is. So reverse osmosis water is just regular, you know, they use tap water a lot of the time and it goes through a filtration system that removes all the bad you know, toxins, chemicals from the water, but it also removes all the good stuff too. Okay. It's not anything bad. I mean, you can buy the reverse osmosis system and then add a remineralizing system to add onto it. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but you can do that. And it's all going to be artificial mineral or, you know, it's going to be not minerals from that water. So it's a little bit different. What the machine that I'm talking about does is it actually just splits the, the bad water from the good water, and then you can change the pH from there. And so that's some of the things that you really need to take a look at as far as that goes. Also going in to ewg.org, I do not have any affiliation with them, but I do use them as a resource. Put in your city in Google, just put in my city is Redwood City. So what I would do is Redwood City california ewg and your water records will show up i believe the latest test was in 2017 and for me we found you know from chlorine to arsenic to a bunch of other you know neurotoxins that if we're not drinking tap water think about it are you bathing in your tap water your skin is the largest organ in your body and it is a it is a sponge so you're absorbing all of that you know, so regardless of whether or not you're drinking tap water, you're bathing in it, you're showering, you know, in it. And so those are the things to really consider. So use those resources, ewg.org, and really get a pre-filter system, at least. If you can't get an ionizer, a pre-filtering system is like 40 bucks, and it, it, it will at least take away the lead and the chlorine and the fluoride. So you want to, you want at least that taken away. Yeah, that's some good advice. And that's something that because everybody cannot afford or invest right now. I call it investing. You know, mm-hmm. we invest in our health. So, you know, and everybody's in different places. But like you said, there are things that we can do, you know, going to that website, checking out what does my water in my city look like? We can all go to the grocery store or go to a store at Home Depot or something and buy a filtration system. And we can just put that, you know, it's nothing to throw that into your you know, into a little thing in a refrigerator that filters the water out through there, you know, whatever you can do. And that's, that's what I tell my clients, you know, I meet people where they are, you know, no hard and fast dogmatic rules, you know, everyone has to do things when they're ready and what fits into their budget, but giving people options and letting them know, because I would have never known that this machine, what it was, what it was, you know, how was it? If years ago, a friend of ours, he's passed away just recently uh, due to the pandemic, but he, you know, if he wouldn't have introduced this machine to my mother, we would have never known about this, this yeah. amazing water, you know. And I think just knowing that has made me more conscious because I have friends that are like, you spend that much on your water? Oh, my goodness. You spend that much on a water bottle? I just choose to have my water sitting in a glass container in my home, you know, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, in plastic jugs. You know, I, I that's just, you know, that's just something because of early on becoming educated on different types of water and you know how water can be tainted 
and not all water is equal. And I choose to not drink certain waters because, you know, I understand about the reverse osmosis, the, you know, just the toxins in water, you know, but I think when people know better, they do better. And mm -hmm. when they're able to totally do what they want to do, you know, and are in a position to do that, then they can at least they know, oh, this is an option out here. So when I when I get to that point, then I can or they may know someone that can do that. You know, you yeah. never know who knows who people that are listening. But I think when people know better, they make better choices, which lead ultimately to where they may want in the future, a goal that they may have in the future when it comes to that water. But, you know, helping people mm -hmm. at least to drink more water and to be conscious of the water that they do choose to drink and what they drink that water out of is so yeah. important as well. You know, I think you hit on all of those points and your story alone, you know, helps us to be more empathetic to individuals. You never know by looking at the outside of someone, what someone deals with even years later from any kind of injury or trauma, mm -hmm. you know, and we want to, I think this was, you know, so much more than just about water. This was a great conversation, you know, for me to remind myself to, because I've always been like a roadrunner kind of person, boom, 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 go, 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 go. And my concussion slowed me down and I really liked it. I was like, wow, I didn't know I could still get things done. And if I didn't get them done, it was okay. Right. It's okay if I don't get them done. You know, I was the kind of person that my schedule was full. I didn't feel accomplished if it wasn't, a, wasn't full. And, you know, that's just not always good. And when your brain won't let you do it, you know, that you can't even force your brain to do it. It humbles you and it makes you realize that, wow, there are people out there who never get the full operation of their brain back. You know, you know, they never they're they're different people, you know, than who they were prior to their traumatic brain injury. And the time that I worked in brain research, I got to see that. And, it, you know, who knew right after that I would be working in I would have my own brain traumatic brain injury, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I love the water and I really contribute water to, you know, helping my brain to heal too, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's just amazing. So I love your suggestions. Any parting last minute thoughts, something that yeah. you want the audience to take away? Please. Well, you, said, you said one thing right now that was so key for me and it was an investment, right? And for me, when I... So a lot of the times you think about, you know, this machine and you're like, well, it's just a water filter. And then you look at the price and you're like, well, I don't think so. I'm not going to get this thing. Right. But think about it. It's a medical device in hospitals. You can use it not just to drink, but to there, this machine create, create endless beauty toner, like skin toner. Uh, I can sanitize and kill viruses, salmonella, all types of things. Mold, it destroys everything. And I have documents and all that to show. Uh, and it, it's an investment, but it's also you're doing an investment not only on yourself, but on the planet. Okay, You're taking away. I eliminated plastic bottles from my home years ago. right? And so the money that I spent two and a half years ago, I've already made that back and more because I know the impact that I'm putting in the world. You know, it, I'm removing so much of my carbon print right now just by moving into something that's eco-friendly and so when you think about an investment you think of like okay where's my return money monetarily wise but for me it's not just monetary because i already made that back it's a tax write-off right. right the irs pretty much paid for my machine but from there i received health i was able to help other people 
right? I've met so many people who've been able to, like you said, you know, they come and just fill up my jug over here. They fill up their jugs at my house and I have no problem with it because the, the whole mission for me when I help my people and, and my clients is like, if you want to drink the water for months before you get a machine, come and drink it. The whole goal is true health, right? You, we want to get you to just feel what true health is. And so last word would be just, don't be afraid of not knowing what you don't know, but be open to it. Be yeah. open to learn more because it, it can really change your life. But more importantly, it can change someone you care about. It can change their lives. And that's what, like for me, it was a huge impact when it, you know, this water changed my life. But the people that I've impacted and the, the stories they tell me of how they felt before the water and how they feel now that's the real thing. You know, that's what really motivates me to be on this podcast, to be sharing my story. Because for me, for years, I didn't talk about what happened to me because I was scared. But until I shared it, people were telling me, wait, this, this is something that might help someone out. And so you never know what something can help. You know, your story can help someone else. Definitely, definitely. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Edwin, for coming in today and sharing. I know we, we've talked about a few things on this, but this is this is what we like to do, just have organic conversations centered around self-care. And I think we delved into that, especially from, you know, a totally different point of view. I love to have where people share, you know, their personal ways of incorporating self-care and then how they help other people do it as well. And if there's something out there that they use that has helped them, you know, it's great to share what has worked for us. We're not saying that medically this is the answer or this is a cure or this works for everyone. You know, I love to, you know, just have people share what has worked for them, you know, and we always tell you, you know, follow the recommendations of your doctor, your doctor and you have worked out a plan. You make decisions that work best for you. This is in no way medical advice. Uh, but we're just simply sharing what has helped us and sharing how we take care of ourselves and stay happy and healthy and, um, and just enjoy life. And that's what we want to do is share how we can all just help one another. You never know what you might say. Like Edwin say, you never know what you say could help someone else. So thank you again, Edwin, for joining us. And thank you all for joining our event today. And as always, join us every Tuesday for a chit chat on health and wellness and sometimes travel. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you, Edwin. Thank you, Sean. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. This is just one of the many free resources I offer to my clients to dump unhealthy habits and begin living. Be sure to visit my website for more free resources and health coaching. Again, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with others so they can join the Let's Chit Chat podcast Have a great day, you guys. See you next episode.